Hi, you're listening to What's the Schemata, a schema therapy podcast for therapists. With ISST-accredited schema therapy supervisors and trainers, Chris Hayes and Rob Brockman. For more information on schema therapy, visit our website, schematherapytraining.com. Okay, well, here we go. Uh, what's the schemata? Um, I'm Rob Brockman from Sydney, Australia. I have with me Chris Hayes from uh, over the west coast of Australia. How you doing? Um, this is our uh, episode number four, Chris. Yeah, yeah and today um, we thought we might look at a little bit around the concept of emotional deprivation. It's one of the schemas that seems to be sitting um, within a lot of our clients. And it's one of these schemas that's so sort of there. Um, but often we don't maybe tune into it or we might need some more ideas around it. In brainstorming things, we started to think, you know, it might be cool to focus on some particular schemas um, yeah. in the series. And this is one of the ones that came up. And Yeah, and I guess we've um, we've been thinking a bit about how we can explore that a bit more and get people a bit more tuned into what emotional deprivation is about and how we can work with it a bit better. Yeah. So, Yeah. All right. So do you want to get into, from, from Chris Hayes, I want to hear, you know, what is emotional deprivation? What is emotional deprivation? Well, Rob, uh, well, emotional deprivation is the idea that you don't expect other people to get your needs met. Um, so that sounds a bit abstract. Um, you know, you don't have the expectancy that other people care uh, for you, mm. that are tuned into you, that you uh, might seek um, physical connection and and physical um, nurturance from others. Um, So that all sounds a bit technical. Um, The way that it might present for a client uh, with you in the session or just with their formulation is, is, you know, clients presenting, feeling that um, a bit of chronic, I feel disconnected from other people. Uh, there might be a sense of lack of intimacy in between, mm-hmm. you know, other people feeling, um, you know, they're having the expectation that I don't matter, I don't care. You know, I had someone the other day that was her birthday and she sort of, you know, it's, it's, I think birthdays are often a big kind of thing for emotional deprivation. It's like yeah. a war thing to say that you matter. It can be a reminder that you don't, right? If yeah, exactly. And if you've got de- deprivation going, often that can be quite tricky for people, you know, that they uh, feel hurt and, and sad underneath because maybe there's a that kind of lonely sort of neglected child has been sort of activated and that's the deprivation. Um, mm. Also, sometimes it's complicated for people because they, um, you know, it's your day to have, a, you know, care and get prezzies. Yeah. And to have, um, you know, for you to blow out the candles. And in, for some clients that haven't had much of that, that can be kind of loaded too. It's going to be a little bit, yeah, I just don't want to do anything. I want to have a low-key present no present birthday sort of thing or no no i don't want to have a party i don't want to draw attention to myself it's really um a multi-faceted phenomenon you know they don't all present the same um you know emotional deprivation isn't the same thing in everybody um yeah and you get people where you know um it's kind of like physical affection maybe that you know no one ever gave me a hug or something like that Um, Mm. and then there are other people where look there are people around they'll give me hugs or whatever but when I really needed someone they they didn't they weren't there to guide me they'd dismiss me they'd walk away that it'd be too much yeah so I never had any guidance I never had anyone to kind of hold things with me yeah 
You know, so I was like, I've been looking, I've been going through my box sets of stuff and I was looking at some uh, Mad Men. Have you ever seen Mad Men? Yeah, uh, no, actually, no. Good to see it. It's great. I haven't seen great, it. great stuff. So about advertising in the 50s and 60s and 70s and, and this dysfunctional family that are perfect on the outside, but the mother in the Mad Men is a good example of a very emotionally depriving mother who basically... She looks beautiful. She has everything going for her. She has these kids and it's a real kind of like, just go and watch TV. You know, I'm not really interested in your feelings. Very invalidating, you know, very Mm. unattuned. You know, she's busy doing it. So this is the other one. You get people who are just quite unattuned. Yeah. You know, they're around, but they're not around. Yeah, right. So I guess in terms of, um, you know, we're talking about the key skin therapy is all about getting your needs met, as yeah. you sort of you've spoken to before about it's a needs therapy. Needs so therapy. This is kind of the heart and soul of things. Needs therapy. So why are you doing that in American accent, Chris? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe just, that's one thing I, I even found for myself. I, I'll be honest with you. Like when I started doing this as a skin therapy, I probably got a bit of emotional deprivation. I felt the idea of the vulnerable child and the needs that was a bit kind of sappy. Yeah, it was a bit sappy and a bit, oh, yeah, whatever kind of thing. And I think that's my own deprivation sort of coming right. out through that. It's going, oh, yeah, what's this about needs, 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 sort of stuff, but and joking about it because it was probably related to my own deprivation and my own kind Having of the sense that, that this is silly or this is not important. Yeah, you know, this idea of kind of attention yeah. and nutrients and physical touch. These are kind of what we all need and... You know, in terms of um, how it presents, like you said, it could be a different thing. Uh, emotional deprivation is is, is mm. a bit like um, like you're in the suburb, right? Of what it's about. It's about broadly yeah. my emotions, my needs. I'm getting, yeah. but yeah. you know, you can get more nuanced mm. with mm. with it. Yeah, you know that um, you know no one yeah. ever gave me a hug, or no one was there to yeah. guide me, or. Um, that yeah. kind of thing. I've even yeah. had people, yeah. you, I've had people, mm-hmm. you know, speaking generally, uh, more along the lines of narcissistic that mm-hmm. felt that because people never came in to set boundaries, mm-hmm. experienced that as, as kind of being really neglected. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, they would get pissed off to say, you know, why why yeah. didn't anyone ever tell me that? Why didn't, you know, no one cared enough to come in and yeah, tell me you've got to stay home, mm. you're not going mm. out like that, you're not mm. going out at midnight. Yeah. You know, so yeah. so it just goes to show how mm. different the experiences can be of people who yeah. feel deprived mm. emotionally. So I think that, you know, you can have the classic kind of presentation of I'm depressed and I don't know why. That would be something that I'll be like, mm, there's some need thing going on there. Let's check out what the background is. So that's mm. one big thing. <clears throat> Clients that often just have lack of intimacy and don't know what their needs are. So it's a big problem. You know, this is linked to the I'm depressed, but I don't know why I've got chronic kind of problems around this and intimacy and connection. But the other thing mm. I get, I don't know about you, but is this, you know, angry and hostile clients, particularly, you know, possibly kind of clients with more more borderline presentations getting angry because the underlying assumption for these clients is I don't matter. I don't care. No one's mm. really interested. So their radar is up for this. And Oh yeah. If you feel like, you know, no one cares and you say, look, I need to move our appointment. They will hear that through the deprivation schema as you know, you know I don't care about you, you know, shuffle, shuffle you around mm. and then you'll often get an, an angry or hostile. Yeah, this response. used to blow me away a little bit because, um, you kind of, I'd see it as um, for people who are, who have that sort of really intense 
emotional information, like no one cares, the, and then it goes, becomes like the world doesn't care, right? Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. you get yeah. the situation where people get triggered off mm. about no one cares from yeah. situations that you wouldn't really expect care, you know, like so. Yeah. Could be right. that, you know, yeah. I don't know, they're trying to park and then some people get in the way or whatever, and then they blow up about these people don't give it, whatever. These people don't care, you know. Yeah. Or yeah, the guy at yeah. the news agent yeah, didn't care, yeah. or you know, and most people with healthy dog, yeah. right, wouldn't really expect care like that from a stranger. But when you're down with okay. arrow on this stuff, it yeah. hits a theme My, for these people, yeah. right? If yeah. you've yeah. always had the feeling no one cares, it becomes yeah. quite generalized, yeah, and it triggers yeah. off the feelings, yeah. you know, this general theme that you know what, like mm. nobody actually has ever cared. Yeah. Um, so yeah. it can be very, very yeah. painful for, for these guys. Mm. Um, but that used to blow me away because you'd be sitting there thinking you're pissed off because the news agent guy didn't want to talk to you or didn't, you know, want to um, go into the ins and outs of your problem and sort of, you know, whatever it is. Um, <laughs> and that was kind of blew me away. But, but if you kind of, if you go into it, if you understand the fact that no one's ever taken the time, yeah. um, it makes sense. Because it's a bit, it's a big existential kind of concept. Like it's about being invisible and not mattering. Well, there's another one, right? This That's another way it presents. I just feel yeah. invisible. Visible. I just feel yeah, like absolutely. I don't matter. Like I'm, yeah. you know, basically I'm mm. invisible. Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. Um, Invisibility. Yeah, that's a good question. And if you, I always ask people in terms <clears> of <throat> we talk about assessment at the moment, but that's a question to ask. You know, in terms of you know. You know, do you ever feel invisible or do you feel like you matter or tell me about that mm. or that sort of stuff? I mean, in terms of assessment, it's tricky with these guys because a lot of, well, you know, these guys, people that present with these sort of problems, and it's very common, I would say, you know, a very big, you know, proportion of people would have these sorts of issues. Um, yeah. You know, and, and people presenting going, yeah, look, I, I, I don't know why. I'm just not feeling very you know, depressed. I'm, I'm feeling very depressed or I'm feeling very empty. I'm not satisfied. And, Looking back to the well, that historical, meaning, meaningless, or meaningless, yeah, that yeah. Kind of thing. Uh, but looking back into the, the history, it's like, yeah, look, there was, yeah, nothing much happened in my childhood, sort of stuff. You yeah, know. so you can kind of miss that, can't you? Mm. So let's think about assessment issues. Um, yeah, yeah. So the so, old wise cue, of course, um, mm. you either get those people who are like, I feel so alone, and mm. um, you know, no one's ever cared, and yeah. it'll come up, it'll flare up on the wise yep. cue. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then they're probably the minority maybe, you know, there are, there are those that are like, I don't really know what care is, so I don't know how yeah. to answer this question. So, mm-hmm. you know, won't Because it's a common thing, isn't it? When you look at the YSQ and you give it to, particularly with emotional deprivation, a lot of people won't identify with that. But then you look at the YPI, the, the parenting imagery, and you'd be like, mm, tell me about that. There's a difference here in terms of your, your expectancies. And I think this is the thing is that some of this stuff is, is having low expectations to care and attention and nurturance and physical mm. care. Like, you know, if you're trying to talk about needs and how important that is to, to development and well-being and you're kind of getting people like looking at you like, this mm. is all a bit like silly mm. and mushy and that yeah. kind of thing can tell you there's a sort of, this disqualification of, of the notion of needs. Yeah, yeah, can be yeah. A bit of an indicator. But, <clears throat> you know, so yeah. needing to move outside of um, the YSQ, right, and, and uh, definitely being yep. those ones where moving into imagery can be yep. helpful. And yeah. you might think it's something like unrelated yep. standards or whatever, but, um, you know, going mm. back to that scene and seeing little Johnny and seeing that it was, you know, the lack of care, like feeling all alone. 
I mean, yeah, so imagery, being able to kind of identify, you know, get an image of you feeling sad and alone, bring a caregiver in, how do they respond? That's the key yeah. thing. The other thing would be just to, um, I always found some of the questions from the adult attachment interview, it's not the whole thing because it's pretty mammoth, but, you know, in that, quite a few nice little questions around, you know, how did you, you know, if you, if you were sad, you know, or you're upset as a child, would you go to mom, would you go to dad? Why not? That, that stuff here yeah, can sort of open up um, maybe the right yeah. direction about understanding the needs and... Yeah, and understanding the, you know, what sort of message you're getting. So if you've got, you know, if you're not going to particular caregivers, then that's a lot of richness in terms of that, you know, yeah. and what would happen if you did and, you know, what kind of message are you getting sent through that? So, you know, this is the problem is that often there might be and you're just an outward neglect so you can learn pretty quick just that that's not what you do. But then there also might be some... So it's, it's almost more like an act of omission. Like with other things, like with defectiveness, you you can remember your dad screaming at you. Yeah, your, but it might not be memorable that yeah, no one exactly. was there one day or something, right? Yeah, so. yeah. You know, having flashbacks about, you know, someone, you know, you know, not spending time with you in the afternoon in the garden, yeah. you know, so much. Yeah. But you still have So it can there. sometimes be a sort of lack of positive schemas um, mm, yeah. in, in, in the mm. nurturance domain that mm. can indicate there being a bit of a deprivation and... You know, sometimes yeah. Yeah, there can yeah, be yeah. a real lack of awareness, um, but it can present differently again, right? So people sometimes mm. coming in like I just constantly feel alone in this world, and mm. just kind of so mm. it can it can present a little differently. Mm. Um, the other thing I found helpful for assessment is um, both the attunement, but also um, downward arrowing process in schema. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we've talked a little bit before about um, you know maybe following a bit of a process for trying to tune in more. Uh, mm-hmm. into feelings and that can start to uncover you know the needs and the schema themes um we talked about that i think in episode two and mm-hmm. to some degree in episode three mm-hmm. um if anyone ever it, it wants an article that um i've co-authored on on that subject of attunement just go to schematherapytraining.com and click on the what's this Matter podcast and you can see any article resources attached to that podcast um will be made available cool um, so that, you know, that, that attunement process of slowing things down and trying to, trying to get at and understand, um, the particular needs, the particular schema themes mm. is often the very thing that they didn't receive. You know, it's interesting you say that because I remember when I was, this is, you know, obviously when I was starting to do schema therapy and I had, you know, I'm a kind of a, I want to help, you know? And I remember, you know, I was in my kind of mid twenties, early third, you know, yeah, mid to late twenties. Um, and you know, I want to help people, and I work with a couple of borderline clients, complicated clients, and I would get into the okay, what strategies? What strategies can we use to tolerate the distress that you have? You know, this sort of stuff. Maybe a little bit of the DPT stuff. Maybe a bit of the sort of you know solution fixing sort of stuff. And that was a big problem because. You know, I mean, ultimately, I did want to sort of help the client and help them, you know, be resourced enough to manage feelings. But it wasn't the attunement and the slowing down and really getting it was um, that was particularly missed because I'm fixing. You know, maybe I'm a guy in the classic kind of stereotype of men, men from Mars and (laughs) Venus and this sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that would have the problem of yeah. Well, this is the problem because I think sometimes when when clients um, and presenting and we go into the fix it too soon 
then client says to you, I don't care. I'm not really interested. I don't, you don't matter. And, and this sort of stuff. And that can be problematic. And, you know, my own supervision at times, about 10, 15 years ago, it really did, was ring true when I just sat on my hands and I really just attuned and really kind of, I just want to get it. Slow I just down. want to understand want to where you're coming from. Yeah. So what are you? What are you? What are you? What are you feeling? What do you think? So, What's so you on? know, coming from an old CBT point of view, it feels a little bit inactive, like you're not really doing anything. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but that stabilized the that that was a stabilizing factor. I think spoken to a couple of clients later, they said, you know, you, it was one of the first times where I've gone to see therapist and you really got me. Somebody got understood it. me. Yeah. yeah. And it seems like a simple thing, but you have to remember, I mean, this, again, this is something that, that they've most poss- possibly or probably lacked growing up, you know, a figure who understood me. Um, and that can be very self-clarifying yeah. for people. Yeah. If, if someone else is mm. getting you and reflecting mm. that back and then you mm. can start to understand things. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so that's yeah, a big thing. Yeah. So uh, if you haven't seen that already, um, that article, reach out and, and mm. to the website and check it out. Um, the other thing mm. is in that process is a use of downward arrowing. Uh, it can also be quite revealing in that way. Mm. Um, mm. <clears throat> and the other thing, I th- you know, I think we wanted to bring up here is when thinking about emotional deprivation is how it presents differently and in particular how it presents differently in combination with other schemas being triggered. So one of the things I've noticed a lot um, in in doing schema therapy is schemas, okay, they can be triggered off in in isolation at times. More often than not, you get get double or triple schema triggering. You get multiple schema themes going off at the same time. Yeah. And obviously the more yeah. schemas that are triggered, the more dysregulated someone's feeling, the more mm. the more the emotions are becoming overwhelming. If you've only got one schema to regulate, you know, it's about failure. Mm. Maybe they've got a chance, mm. but now you've got mm. like a failure. You know? No so in this cares. situation, if it was if it was isolated and it was a, just a primary emotional deprivation, you know, you know, triggering event, it would be around feeling disconnected and sad and lonely and I would be backing on to <clears throat> parental or caregiving experiences which was just more hands-off parenting maybe yeah, neglectful and dis- not attuned or, or overworking but the, the key thing I think it wouldn't have some things like you know behaviors that would be resultant in getting defectiveness or subjugation or you know yeah, um, standards. standards all these sort of things where there's more active components so for example if there was an active component of like you know, dad or mom, you know, I'm busy for God's sake, what's wrong with you? You're so needy. Then the yeah. client would get an emotional deprivation experience plus. I'm so needy and it's my fault. I'm, yeah. There's something wrong with I'm me. I'm bad for that. Yeah, exactly. So you see so how this that's harder to regulate too for yeah. someone? Like it, yeah. it's bad enough to feel, you know, like you know, getting your needs met or no one cares. Mm. On top of that, if I'm also, you know, a bad person because mm. of that. Yeah, or, or, you know, so a difficult child sort of thing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So it's kind of um, it's interesting and important to understand. I call it sort of schema combos, or mm. you know, the mm. synergistic uh, relationships mm. between schemas mm. being triggered. Mm. Um, now, I've prepared. Uh, I've got two examples that I think are pretty cool, mm. um, and then maybe Chris, you've got an example yeah. also as well of, mm. of schema mm-hmm. combos. Yeah. Um, so one example that I that I get a fair, fairly often is a combination between unrelenting standards and emotional deprivation. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. so where you you it'll be like classic unrelenting standards. Okay, uh, you should be but, doing this, right, and you should be doing you should that. this, you should get the standard, right. and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
Uh, but but what's coming along along with it when you go back into the imagery is whatever like let's you know keeping it um, confidential, let's mm-hmm. say little Johnny or little X whatever. Mm-hmm. You go back, and um, you know the, the, the scene is that all this pressure is being put on the kid to perform. Mm-hmm. You've got to get these marks, mm-hmm. and you've got to like have this standard. Yep. And then there's zero to no guidance at all. Yeah, right. On how to achieve that. Yeah. So it's, it's your DIY. Own with this. Right? Learn it yourself this. and get it right. <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't so, need help. What's no. wrong with you? I never got yeah. help. Right? This kind of mm. thing. So mm-hmm. simultaneously that we're getting is yeah. the standard, the, the sort of unrelenting standard, and also the lack of involvement, mm. the lack of guidance. Um, yeah. So and quite support. often. And support, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's funny, like going back, if you only thought about the sentiment of unrelenting standards, you'll miss, you'll miss the emotional deprivation piece. Yeah, right. Yeah. Now they don't yeah. only need for you to say, look, it's okay not to do it or whatever, but they're going to need your, you, you there maybe to coach them, to encourage them to, um, they need your involvement in some way. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, I've got another example with this one, and it was it really surprised me. Uh, again, keeping it vague, I always use the idea of little little Johnny or little Jenny, right, sort of pseudonyms. Um, had a person, let, let's say, you know, uh, a case of um, like health anxiety and they're really worried about whatever, you know, some illnesses or whatever in the environment and, you know, um, had been through a bunch of CBT and all that sort of thing and could never really shake it um, and ended up wanting to do some schema work and, you know, pretty pretty justifiably had picked up, look, this is about vulnerability to harm and illness, right? That's fine. And sort of expected that to be the central thing. We go back into imagery um, and then we've got, right, we've got the child, little Johnny. Okay, little Johnny's sick. Little Johnny's in yeah. hospital, whatever. Yeah. He's got these big problems, having operations all the time as a child, yeah. feeling really vulnerable. What yeah. does little Johnny need? He looks up in the image, I'm all alone. Mm. scared i don't mm. know what's going to happen and no one's allowed in to see me yeah. they took mum and dad away oh fella you know i'm here it. i'm in this this dark dingy room yeah. and the nurses are you know they don't they don't talk to me they're just sticking needles mm. in me and pipes and tubes mm-hmm. and the overarching mm. thing was a schema combination yeah. right <laughs> a schema combination yeah. you're feeling it now yeah. right yeah so it was mm. right i'm vulnerable mm. i'm scared mm. i don't know you know, I'm physically vulnerable. Maybe something bad's going to happen, but at the same time, I'm alone with that. Mm-hmm. There's no these, mm-hmm. you know, the mm-hmm. nurses, doctors, etc. Yeah. Don't Instead cut it. it. Yeah. You yeah. know, my yeah. fear, yeah. my for concerns sure. Sure. are not addressed. Yeah. yeah. So you so know what? That, the good thing about this sort of stuff is that, it, I mean, whether you're working with the mode model or working with the schema model, it's so important to get attuned to the underpinnings of the mode. For example, for this right. example, so. Yeah. I think it's just about tuning to, you know, what these spice. Well, I mean, I've always sort of said in my trainings that the schemas are, you know, are more like the spice rack that mm-hmm. ma- are made up of these modes. So the flavors, the flavors, and you know, your curry is different from mine. So, you know, this idea of linking into the needs. Yeah. You know, this kid might not just need to know that he's okay. But he needs to know that you know that you're, you you matter to him and that yeah. you care about him and sort of. Stuff. What I always think about is, yeah. um, you know, that we we will we work with modes in the moment, like we mm. work with a mode in the room, but mm. we're we're attempting to heal the schemas. Mm-hmm. Now we have mm-hmm. to make contact with the schemas and the underlying needs. 
So we're sort yeah. of working with modes in that moment yeah. in the room, but yep. we can't lose sight of, yeah. you know, yeah. what the needs are and needs the resultant are. schemas. Mm. Um, that's mm. going to that's going to be very powerful. So, so schema combos. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep going. So do you have any other examples around schema combos you want to share with anyone? No. You know, I, I had one more. I mean, just quickly, the one that maybe we uh, should we talk a bit of. Are you on more? Well, just quickly, yeah, the one I mentioned before was someone with. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It was a sort of. Um, uh, well, the need was for boundaries and things, right? So it was it was about um, it being ill-disciplined and things, oh, yeah. right? Mm. Um, undisciplined child, mm. um, yep. Yep. and 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 so there was that sort of schema around not having discipline and all that sort of thing. And then the experience of that yeah, as right. being isolative. Yeah. You know, so that combination. Yeah. Um, so again, that, 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 that same with the idea that, that meaning. So someone taking the time to actually discipline me or set yeah. me some limits, that could be sort of the backhanded message, you know, in terms of that. Yeah. So I guess one other thing we probably want to think about as well is um, sort of in terms of the therapy relationship, what's important, maybe upper reactions that we not often see as well. Yeah, of, what, what you do you know. see, Chris? I mean, you know, when you're trying to do your interventions around um, targeting um, emotional deprivation, what sort of barriers do you see? Well, I mean, we want to kind of meet the needs. So I think we might, you know, limited repairing is the key thing about nurturance and attention and, and care, that sort of components of, of the limited repairing is important. So we might crank that up a little bit. But... The problem with some of these clients is that if you've got low expectations and you haven't had much care and nurturance and empathy, then that can be kind of icky and uncomfortable and you might want to repel that. Okay. So, you know, in terms of tolerating kindness and care and attention, but still needing it underneath, that's a bit of a problem. So you might want to, you know, you need to kind of work within the window of tolerance. So you kind of, that's why, why I'll work with that. This as well, this, you know, idea of you kind of really lay on the care and attention and this sort of stuff, it might just feel way too much. But and talking to time, about you that, say, look, too much, too much? No, let's dial yeah. it back a bit. Well, you could do that. I mean, the, the analogy, I remember Jeff, you know, Jeff Young gave us this analogy once, you know, about the idea of the feet, you know, the, the, the feet in the snow idea. I don't know if I ever told no, you. I've never heard that. Okay, so, the, you know, this idea about, you know, if you are walking along in the, the snow in Australia in the middle of summer, um, this is probably not something that's going to come to mind, but imagine you're in the <laughs> winter the and you're fires, in an yeah. alpine, alpine area. And... You're on a bushwalk, you just bought some new shoes, you've got a hole in your shoe, you're walking along in the middle of the in the snow, your feet are freezing, your body is getting starved of warmth, you're cold, and those are constrictions kicking in. And then you find a little log cabin and you think, I'm gonna go into the log cabin and I'm just gonna run a just some bucket of warm water. You know it's got warm water there, of course. Yeah. Okay, so you go in there, get your bu- bucket of warm water, freezing feet, vasoconstriction. You know, all the all the blood you know, vessels have been shrunken to to keep the warmth in the into your trunk. You know what happens when you put your feet in the warm water? You got when you've been starved of warmth. I don't know. I feel like saying they're going to explode. I don't know. <laughs> well, remember, you know, maybe maybe related to the hot, the warm bath in the middle of winter in Australia at least is that yeah. you know it's icky it's intense you know you put your feet yeah, yeah, in it's yeah. intense it's and too, you want to take your feet out you can't yeah. handle it's so intense so and it's full on so same sort of thing that's with physical warmth this is about emotional warmth and it's like being able to tolerate and, and to mm. open yourself up to that and again you're sort of working with that and not 
you know, not working, you know, with, you know, for the, well, the client not working to repel that and to sort of slowly So you've got people who things. generally going to feel maybe overwhelmed with limited reparenting stuff mm-hmm. and that might yeah. try to put up more like avoidance style coping. Yeah. Yep. You know, either yep. by running away or or maybe going, look, this isn't, you know, this this is important and sort of invalidating that stuff and this is not practical and Yeah, or kind of rejecting care. I mean more narcissistic or overcompensating clients might reject the reject reject the well, well this is the big one, isn't it? This yeah. is the big one because mm. you know, uh when we're in imagery, you know, um that relationship between the child in the imagery and the therapist coming in is analogous to attachment you know so you've got the child mm. that has the needs we're coming in it's always an, an indicator mm. of mm. where the patient's at and their attachment style um mm. as to whether yeah. The, yeah. The, the child rejects you rejects your yeah. care yeah. And, and what yeah. the kind of issues are mm. Mm. is it because they don't trust there'll be another scheme mm. is it because mm. they don't expect you to stick around is it because they don't yeah. expect you to care mm. um so i think mm. you know thinking about your window of tolerance idea, mm, mm. us trying to come into imagery and, and lay that on to a, to a child mm. in imagery is probably mm. up there, like mm, mm, nine, mm. ten out of ten for most mm. patients mm. like this. So, mm. that, you know. that said, you, it, it's linking it. I think for some clients it's more tolerate, to, tolerable if you're linking it back to their presenting problem. Mm. So if you're going to just be kind of nurturance and you know, nurturing and this sort of stuff, that's all kind of, you know, it's, it might be a bit intense, but if you're kind of linking back to I'm helping you because you're depressed and down and you don't know what your needs are and this is the reason why I want you to tolerate these things so you can be, you know, more connected yeah. with other people, then it might be more tolerable mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. them. And, and, and the, other, the other thing that comes up like an ab reaction, you could say, or, you know, where it goes wrong is the opposite. I think when, when patients like the care, they haven't had it really in their life, and they don't really, they get the idea, this is so good, I'm some, you know, Chris cares about me. Yeah. I don't really want to do therapy. I don't really want to change and I don't want to sort of figure this out in the real world. I just want Chris to care about me. Yeah. Like I just right. want to come here. Okay, so dependent just on this experience. Get my needs met and yeah. then go home and don't work on things until mm. next week when I can get mm. more care. Mm. Mm. This, is, this mm. is another version of a problem with this mm. where people kind of, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it doesn't happen all the time and maybe might look a bit more surrendering, a bit more dependent yeah. on personality. Um, you know, that's yeah, another issue. That, that's it. Yeah, a lot of people are coming downloading you and sort of there's an implicit kind of they're getting some needs met through that, you know, just talking and not wanting to change. That yeah. could be a problem because they're getting attention, maybe helping that deprivation kind of feeling, but the idea of going out there and, you know, getting involved with new people and joining the tennis club and, you know, reaching out to the next door neighbour is... Um, and they're like, no, 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 I just sure want to come and see you and I feel better. You. Yeah, yeah. And which can be hard because, you know, some people's frame of mm. reference is that's what therapy's for, I think. You know, you're going to come, I'm going to feel better. Right? So so that's going to yeah. take some sort of yeah. Yeah. almost boundaries to sort of say, look, I'm, yeah. you know, this is the overall thing yeah. that's happening and yeah. uh, it makes sense that you want to come here and do that because you've never really had... Yeah you know, yeah, care. You've sure. never really had that yeah. level of involvement. But yeah. what we're sort of aiming for here is not just sort of like a Band-Aid or for you to come yeah. and then, you know, come again next week. The idea yeah. is over time that you, yeah. you know, you learn how to get your needs met for real out yeah. there in the real world. Um, but also that you you also learn how to self-regulate some of this stuff mm. with your own healthy side. Mm. You know, yeah. otherwise it just becomes you coming in saying, Chris, have you Tell you what, we, I mean, when we were preparing for this, um, one of our colleagues in Melbourne 
Tenna Davies. Um, she had a really nice little blog post in regard. It's not specifically in regards to just purely emotional deprivation, but it's about getting needs met and this idea of sort of being able to sort of, you know, like a bit of a structured plan about how we can try and um, get needs met. So if you're interested in looking at this a bit further, you know, Tenna's email up our web page is Tenna Davies, T-E-N-A-D-A-V-I-E-S.com, TennaDavies.com. If you go to a blog post, um, the particular blog post we're talking about is, you know, when you can't get what you want, get what you need instead. And um, instead. we had a bit of a read of this and we thought, get what you need instead. And just this, this idea of this, you know, maybe if we can, you know, give just a couple of ideas to the, the, the crew that is listening to this around, you know, tolerating this idea of, you know, this helping clients recognize that they have needs. This is one thing that we're, we're sort of talking back channel about this is that, you know, recognizing you get needs, seeking to get connection with other people and getting those needs met. But at the same time, being able to tolerate the fact that, you know what, everyone is um, not there to serve your needs, Rob and me. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? yeah. And being able to tolerate you know, the idea we might have some de- depriving, but with you know experiences, but we, we do matter. Yeah. Well, the first thing, of course, and I totally agree, is um, often I think people have trouble, you know, regulating themselves and their schemas and having mental health problems because they don't understand the concept of needs and mm. they don't actually realise that their problems are related to issues mm. to do with need satisfaction. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, we don't. We're not out there in the world. No one ever taught us about needs in school. You know, unless our parents mm. are quite tuned in, um, mm. you know, you don't really pick it up along the way, right, that, that our yeah. problems can be related to needs. I saw something the other day which was really cool and it's kind of like the schema model in mm. like three, in sort of three steps. Yeah. So it's the idea that, that, that um, you know, underneath a, a behaviour um, yeah. is, is a feeling, you know, yeah. that a feeling might drive a behaviour, you know, yeah. to cope with it in a certain way or whatever. Mm-hmm. And underneath every feeling is a need. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. so, um, and that's kind of, it mirrors the schema formulation, right? Mm, you've got needs, absolutely. You've, got, you've got the kind of emotions and, and you've got the behavioural coping type stuff. Mm, mm, absolutely. So, the, but the point of all of that is if you don't understand that needs lie behind all these things, yeah, then, yeah. then how are you going to regulate? Yeah, so in Tenor's article, she talks a bit about the idea of obviously, you know, some of these clients that are just more detached and zoned out or not attuned to their emotional needs, an entry point would be to access the feelings, to know what you feel. And that would be making sense. But then kind of connecting with the feeling and then sort of trying to understand behind that what you need to correct that feeling. There, there's always, I think, a sort of fundamental tension in our regulation, mm. which is on the one hand, we, we especially as kids as well, we want someone else to be there for us to help us regulate. Mm. Right? And we all know that social support is a great is a great form of coping and mm. regulation. That if we, if we have yeah. social support, people do better, mm. et cetera. So mm. there's that, right? Mm. Um, but also the reality that we, we're not always going to have that or we're not always going to have access to that kind of mm. support on mm. every occasion. Mm-hmm. And then so there's also some form of internal regulation at times where we need yeah. to fall on you know, ourselves a little bit and to yeah. make use of our own healthy adult mode. And it's not mm. to say that either is better or worse or whatever, yeah. but there is a reality there that we mm. sort of on a bit of a pen- pendulum 
of yeah. balancing times when we're going to reach out and we're going to sort of uh, we're able to get some external care and mm. regulation and, yeah. and other times needing to make use of our own resources. Yeah. Well, you know, one thing that's interesting is the, the black and white concept. And I think what this is what you, 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 you're alluding to as well is that this idea that if you don't get what you need, often some of these clients will feel like, well, I don't matter, no one cares. And that real response yeah. to that, that real hurt, and, and the idea that there's a lot of gray, you know, sometimes we get our needs met, sometimes we get connected to other people, sometimes we have attunement and it's sometimes, you know, it doesn't work out, but it's still the idea that, you know, you still matter. Yeah. You know, this sort of stuff. Yeah. 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 And so, so um, Tanner came up with some ideas for self-regulation. Yeah. Yeah. So she talked about um, first knowing, you know, tuning in, knowing, yeah. knowing what it is that you need, learning how to do that. Um, and then she talked about, um, you know, so soothing yourself, yeah. and, um, having, having an, an approach to soothing yourself. Um, and then she talked about, you know, once you're a little bit mm. more soothed, mm. reaching out to your own healthy adult and, and, and trying to come up with a healthy message to, to, mm. to, you know, to yourself to help regulate whatever's going on. Um, yeah. what else do we have here? Understanding what? what? Yeah. One way around that is often say to do some imagery almost or imagine if it was you having the same feeling as you are now as a kid, what would you, yeah, what would the feeling be? Plonk that feeling into the little kid. What does that kid need? Sometimes that's a bit of an entry point when kids, people will say, you know, I don't know what I need. That can be a part of the awareness building kind of process. Yeah. <clears throat> um, she came up with the idea here too of bookmarking, you know, that um, – uh, often we think what healthy adults are able to do is, is say, okay, I'm, you know, got these feelings and, and I, you know, my needs need to be met right now though I, mm. I need to sort of um, get through the day or take kids to school or whatever, but bookmarking it mm. for later to, to think through and to think, okay, yeah. I am going to get my needs met soon, yeah, and I'm going yeah. to make the space to to figure this out and tune in a yeah. little bit, right? yeah. what's this yeah. about, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And the other thing she, she was talking about is um, – understanding um, the parts of me, the parts of yourself that self-sabotage um, the mm -hmm. process of healthy adult, you know, and making yeah. steps towards that. So yeah. um, one that I notice a lot with um, with emotional deprivation is the idea once it gets kicked off yeah. is it sort of giving up on your need. No one cares, yeah. whatever. What's the point? What's the point? You yeah. know, what's the point of reaching out, yeah. um, that yeah. kind of thing. So you'll often see yeah. people who complain that no one cares yeah. But then when you dig in and you say, well, when this happened, there was yeah. people around you that says, oh, I felt so alone. You yeah. know, well, did, did you actually tell anyone how, you yeah. know, how you're feeling? Yeah. Or, and they're like, no, they wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't have cared. Yeah. And yeah. that makes sense, of, you know, of yeah. course, you know, yeah. going back to childhood, but now yeah. they might be married and yeah. in another relationship. So I guess it's that idea that um, there are times when we might get in behavioural patterns that can, they can kind of reinforce again those those mm. patterns that we've taken from childhood. So yeah, if we can understand our our, our self sabotaging behavioural patterns, mm. and, and and get better at sort of catching those um, mm. over time and reversing them. Hey, another thing I often think about as well is you know there's, there are particular people that we have in life where we're obviously going to get needs met um, that might be better at it and then might not be so good at it. And I often sort of talk to clients about kind of make a bit of an I matter index. Not, you know, that, that there are some friends, I mean, I can think of some friends of mine that are good to kind of lean on and tune into and have a chat with. 
Yeah. And there are some that are like, yeah, nah, probably not going to be the best thing, but they're great to go to the footy with or go out with or go and see a band with. I'm and there, people, Chris. You know, I'm there, mate. Yeah, you're on the, you're on the north side for sure. But, <laughs> you know, I was, well, I would say that to clients. You know, it's not fair on them if they're not particularly tuned or they're busy or unavailable. It's not, you know, and you go to them wanting connection and closeness when you know you're going to get the door slammed in your face. Yeah. So yeah. being able to see there is a, a spectrum between – yeah, yeah. People that are, are, are north of say five out of, out of yeah. ten, and south of five out of ten, and at least get people to start practicing getting, you know, getting their needs met with people that are above, above five. Yeah, yeah. You know, and there are some people that are super caring, and there's some people that are very super kind of, you know, um, thoughtless and. And you know, when this is a big issue, too, sort of this is really interesting. Buy. You make me think, um, Chris. Because one of the big things that comes up um, as therapists, especially with, uh, say, borderline patients, and Do I? Do is I really? the issue of you know seeking a partner. You know, a lot of a lot of our um, patients yeah. come yeah. in at the beginning of therapy, either in in bad relationships or abusive relationships, where you know they're probably going to leave their partner some stage uh, during th- during treatment, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. or you know people coming mm-hmm. in not having a partner, being very isolative, um, and been avoiding that for a long time. So one of the things that can, you know, often Mm, is our task mm. as therapists is to sort of be there with them in that journey to them sort Mm. of seeking companionship Mm. um, Mm. and attachment. So, Mm. you know, I think that is a very important context for therapy. It brings up all kinds of issues. Mm. Um, Do you have anything Mm. you want to say about that? Yeah, well, I think, you know, part of the the limited parenting is to sort of guide um, your client and provider some sense of guidance and some sense of opinion, I guess, you know, other th- the therapies would maybe frown on this concept, but, you know, I think if you've seen a lot of schema chemistry and you're seeing a person, you know, that, you know, that you, your client is with someone that doesn't meet the needs yeah. and is unable to, then you're going to have to sort of maybe look at that. And, and it might mean that, you know, I don't think you should be dating this sort of person. It's, it's so funny. I oscillate. Mm. Like as I talk to you, I, I realise mm. I think I'm I'm rightly or wrongly mm. working with someone along these lines with a personality disorder. Mm. I tend to be a bit reluctant to give too much direction about you should mm. not be with this person or whatever. So yeah. what I've found myself doing is sitting back a bit mm. and just keep pointing to the formulation and saying, oh, mm. well, you mm. know, Johnny did X, whatever. Yeah. Okay, you know, and, and how did that meet your needs or how didn't that mm, meet your needs? That's yeah. formulation. Mm. And so it becomes a bit implicit that. Yeah. And they, yeah. they realise, they go, you know what, they realise, you mm. know, Johnny doesn't really meet my needs. Go, well, that's what mm. the formulation says, right? Yeah. And it's a bit <laughs> of a cop out, but yeah. Um, yeah. I find myself relying on that a lot. Yeah. But I have people found... People are people, aren't they? And you don't want to suddenly start someone's dating someone from eHarmony and then suddenly and you're like, like no. yeah, this isn't going to work. This isn't going to work. Sorry. Yeah, and yeah. I think yeah, this that's you know you sort of gradually if you get a seeing someone clearly is un, you know unable to do it and so and I kind of tend to rely on that right on the formulation they say well this, and they might say what are you saying yeah, yeah. Johnny? so I'm not saying that what I'm saying is the way things are working at the moment they're not working for you mm-hmm. you know he he's not able to meet your needs mm-hmm. you know so maybe we can work mm-hmm. on that for a while mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and then eventually they get yeah. to the point where they're like yeah. they're fed up mm-hmm. and they're like and it's in their face yeah. he's not meeting my needs yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's other times when I've I've sort mm. of I've realised I've been avoiding the issue a bit, and they've just mm. probably needed a bit more guidance around yeah. to say, look, we've been doing this for like whatever yeah. a year, yeah, two years is, now, and I've never said yeah. this to you, mm. you know, 
Johnny really doesn't meet your needs, you yeah. know, and I yeah. really don't see how you're going to move forward when he's treating you this way. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's not fair on the other, you know, the other partner as well. But this comes into couple stuff as well about sort of, you know, getting, you know, people in sync and meeting each other's needs in this, and there's probably another whole conversation about that. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So I guess today we've... Well, we had a bit of a crack at a bit of a back and forth between myself and Chris um, around the issue of emotional deprivation. I've I've had a lot of fun. I think it's been really cool. I always love bouncing things off. Chris, Chris, what do you reckon? How'd you go? Yeah. Yeah, fun. Yeah, I thought um, hopefully we contributed to something to the the wealth of scheme information out there. Yeah, a bit of fun. Um, and just a plug for ourselves, we do uh, workshops throughout Australia and Asia and we've got a whole sequence of new workshops coming through in probably a place quite close to you. So if you're interested, uh, look at the website, schematherapytraining.com. So Rob, you, All right. Chris, you got your needs met? Yeah. I got um, my needs met. I think it was a cool, we had a good crack at it today. Looking forward to seeing you next month mm-hmm. and talking shop about schema therapy. Um, Adios. As always, though, if anyone has any ideas for some some uh, cool podcast topics, uh, please email them through to info at schematherapy.com. We look forward to seeing you next month. What's the schematter? What's the schematter? Au revoir. See you. Bye.